Welcome to a very special edition of the Second City Hockey Podcast. I'm Dave Melton. I'm your host for this one, our usual host, uh, Brad Replinger. He's not available tonight. We assume he's in a Portillo's-induced coma. We'll find out later. Um, but with me tonight is one of my usual partners, Brandon Keynes here. Hey, David. Hi, Brandon. And then the reason that this is a very special edition of the Second City Hockey Podcast is we have two members of the Puck and Write Podcast, or excuse me, Puck and Write Chicago Podcast here for this special occasion, the NHL Draft. First off, she's fighting through a tough lower body injury tonight, so we hope she's okay. It's Shaylin Brady. You know, guys, I, I took a weird tumble on the boards. I got, I got, kind of got caught up with a couple guys there, but you know what? I'm going to be okay. I'm going to be okay. We were game time decision. We put you in the lineup, decision. so yeah. we hope we hope you can skate well. You, you looked good in the warm ups. So we're not worried. Yeah. And then we hope she's at 100 percent this evening. It's the other half of the Puck and Write Chicago podcast, Megan Simmons. I am 100 percent. Right. I'm a little tired, but other than that, I'm 100 percent good. To All go. right. Well, that's good. That's good. So uh, two out of four ain't bad. We're we're good. So we're coming to you tonight on the eve, or not the eve, the NHL draft. The Blackhawks uh, just picked in the first five for the first time in over a decade. The last time they picked Patrick Kane tonight with the number three pick, they grabbed Kirby Doc from the Saskatoon Blades, Saskatoon Blades, excuse me, of the WHL. And with, we're not going to waste any more time. Let's get right into it. Uh, Shaylin or Megan, whichever one of you wants to offer up first, uh, what are your thoughts on this pick? Well, I... The first thing that kind of stuck out to me was this guy's huge. He's what six four, six five. He's a big guy, a great, a great moving center. Um, he he can make a lot of good plays. He can make a lot of great passes. He's kind of I the the things that I've been hearing about him is that he's a pass first kind of guy, um, pass first center. And when I think of him, you know, Taze is a big guy, but um, the Blackhawks did acquire Dylan Strom this year, and Dylan Strom's a big dude. So that was kind of the first comparison that I made here. And, you know, having mm-hmm. Taze, Strom, and Doc down the middle doesn't sound very awful as a 1-2-3. So, right, uh, but his, his size is something that I really like about him. Megan, what about you? Kind of stole a lot of what I was thinking, but I, <laughs> Way was, to go, watching the, I <laughs> was watching the MVCSN um coverage and they compared him to Ryan Getzlaff, which I thought was kind of interesting because I feel like you don't see a lot of guys compared to him anymore, but he's one of those like power centers that kind of hurts you in a lot of ways where you're not really expecting it. But um, I'm excited. I really, I'm going to be completely honest. I didn't fully know everybody the Blackhawks were looking at until about mm, five hours ago. So <laughs> I was like, this is great. We're having a great time picking third. This guy looks cool. He's tall, which is big because I feel like as much as I love, you know, the Alex DeBrinkets and Patrick Keynes and Duncan Keats and other small guys, I think the Blackhawks do need a little bit of size. And I think I like what Shay said, too, like that one, two, three of Taves Strom. Um, Doc looks really good to me. Well, it's, yeah, it seemed like in the buildup for the last week or two, all the talk was about Byram or Turcotte. And then like two hours before the draft, uh, Elliot Friedman uh, cited one of his colleagues saying that the talk of the draft floor was that Kirby Doc was going to be the guy. And I, I think a lot of people were caught off guard. And then it just seemed like, you know, when Elliot Friedman says it, it's probably true. So his two hours later, gone. exactly. And so here we are with Kirby Doc on the team. Uh, Brandon, what about you? What are your thoughts on the Hawks number three pick tonight? Um, I'm not going to say I called it. But I did say that he was underrated on the show earlier this week. 
You did say that in our podcast that was uh, up on the website on Thursday. I, I can confirm that, and we'll give you credit. <laughs> Regretfully, I will. Um, I think with Doc, they actually get a guy who's going to be a number one center type build. Um, with Turcott, they would have that as well. Um, Zegris and Cousins, it's a little up in the air. Um, if Zegers plays like Evgeny Kuznetsov, then yeah, he can be a center, but um, he's seen time at wing, and I just think that Cousins' defensibility isn't as strong as Doc from what I've seen, um, which is like one playoff series that they had this past season, where I was like, oh, this is on NHL Network, I'll throw this on. Um, so I gets laugh, uh, Joe Thornton, Mark Shifley, those are kind of the comparables for him. Um, and then, like, with improved skating, it's not that it's bad. It's just more of a power stride. So it looks like he's kind of being lazy and skating like someone from Minnesota, um, as in, like, the Minnesota Wild, because they're boring. Hot take. Hot take some Brandon. There we go. Oh Get God. into it. Um, so I think that's that's kind of what you can – expect for like an NHL player comp for Doc. Um, yeah. Okay. I noticed that too. I noticed that too, not to jump in, but I noticed that too, watching video of him. He's just a very like, it's not like he's lackadaisical. It's not like he's like, he just, his skating is very fluid and to move that big of a body around like that and to be able Mm -hmm. to like make those plays. I did. I liked how you know, you noticed that because I noticed that too watching him. It was just like today's NHL is very speed, 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 quick in the corners. Like you're, you're up and down the ice and he's just kind of like, woo, I'm just going to circle around the top and I'm going to look for the nice pass, (laughs) but it's not like he's being lazy. It's just that he's a big dude. It's, it's tough to move. Yeah, that was my number one concern with him was his speed because, as you said, Shailen, like everything in the NHL is about speed these days. And so a guy that's 6'4", 200 pounds doesn't strike you as someone that's going to skate very well. But I'm trying to find exactly what Corey Pronman said related to his speed because it was one of the things I read just before the draft that encouraged me. Um, see, it's his, his stride and his reach can make him a nightmare to stop off of injuries. Um, and he, he it says – and then there's another clip down here later where he's – uh. His skating isn't perfect, but he he has the speed to pull away from defenders. And they show this play where he he's at you know he's he chips the puck out of the zone and he's even with uh, two defenders at the defensive blue line. He chips the puck up again and then he just roasts these two guys and gets in on a breakaway all by himself. Granted, this is in the juniors, so I imagine Angel players are going to skate faster, but maybe the speed isn't as big of a concern as we think. Hopefully. Hopefully, it's hopefully, not. hopefully. That's okay. the thing that, like, like I, I hope that it's kind of like the same. You can kind of make the same argument for players, like on the other end of it, that are really small, like Dabrinka kind of players, Cole Caulfield in this draft. Like, you can kind of make the same for guys that are too big. The guys that are too <coughs> small, it's like, oh, they're not going to be able to be big and aggressive, and they're not going to be able mm-hmm. to get into those tough spots and, and win those battles. But then for the big guys, it's kind of on the other side. Like, they might not be fast enough to keep up with the with the with the fastest guys in the game right now, and they might not be able to to get into those tight areas and win those battles. Um, so it's kind of like that on the on the other extreme, but. I mean, I don't see why. I mean, he he is talented. Like you can't like he he went number three. You you can't say that this guy's not talented right. if you're going in the top three of the NHL draft, you know. But um, I feel like 
you, you, we have to see more of him. And, like, people that haven't seen yeah. him play a ton of – I mean, he plays in the WHL. So people that haven't seen a ton of games from him, I feel like it's kind of hard to just – kind of like obviously the scouting staff knows what they're what they're talking about but fans and like people that are watching it you know first impressions so yeah that's that's i think the number one thing with this is is understanding that there's going to be a lot more reading into him because you said it's hard i mean being here uh, i think most of us are in the chicagoland area i don't get a lot of junior hockey games up here so uh, I, i haven't seen a lot of the saskatoon blades in the last couple of seasons but he i said he's only 18 years old and to my knowledge, and Brandon might be able to help me out with this because he usually knows all these things, he has no college commitment or anything, correct? Correct. Um, yeah. It's not so, that he's dumb. He's just not going that route. <laughs> 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 Thank you for clarifying. <laughs> we can, can also confirm, has, yeah. exclusive to the Second City Hockey Podcast, we can confirm Kirby Doc, not a moron. <laughs> Thank you very much. He also has much better hair than Dylan Cousins. so And there's... much better hair than Ryan Getzlaff. So uh, we, he yep. got that going for him. Um, the other, so he was born January 21st, 2001, which, oh, my God, they're drafting players born in the 21st century. I know the two youngsters on this don't really care about that, but, oh, my God, I'm an old man. That's my I sister's age. <laughs> like, that's, like, 2000. It's, like, oh. Because I'm, I'm at the tail end of the 90s. Megan's early 90s. I'm tail end. And my sister is 01. So that's me kind of putting it, like, okay, my sister just graduated high school. She's going off to college. She's still really young. And then I look at these guys. I'm, like, these guys, are the, that's the same age. They're so young. Yeah. They have yeah, so much, much time to me. develop. They're, like like babies in 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 the sense of the world right now so they have a ton of time to develop which is really good that's right yeah you 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 learn to accept it alcohol helps but anyway the point being that i was trying to get to with his age is that uh by my understanding of it he either has to make the blackhawks out of camp this year or he goes back to the juniors next year right Mm -hmm. not really Mm. okay so um this is the the ahl eligibility always (laughs) throws me off so um, I looked into this today, and I'll have a story, I think, tomorrow on the site, which would be Saturday. Um, so if you look at what Evan Bruchard did with Edmonton, which I know it's Edmonton, but, I mean, <laughs> call me here. Um, hmm. The Blackhawks are going to sign him to an entry-level deal this summer. We'll sign Doc to an entry-level deal. Um, that wouldn't be surprising at all. He can play nine games in the NHL and have his contract slide to the next year. So what they did with Bouchard is they had him play, I think it was eight or nine games in the NHL. And then they sent him to the London Knights in the OHL. He played out that season and then the Oilers were way done. And Bouchard was still with uh, playing with the Knights. So what the Blackhawks can do with doc is they can have him, Say he makes the team out of camp. He can play those eight, nine games, whatever they decide. Go back to the Blades. Play for them. And then if the Blackhawks are done, but the Ice Hogs are still playing, he can join the Ice Hogs because it doesn't matter what your age is. You can always join the AHL, but you're not a permanent player. You're just joining after your junior season's done. Because the age cutoff is 20, but he won't be 20. But in this situation, once junior season, you can join. So yeah. the 20, 20, 21 season, he has to be um, 
it's the same situation where it's NHL or okay. the NHL again. Um, okay. Because I don't know if there's like a, a game limit because he'll technically have played four seasons in the WHL, but I think he only played like 12 games his first season. Okay. Because this upcoming one will be his fourth if he does play in the WHL. By the way, I think we were talking about on the podcast about uh, Spencer Knight, the goaltender, and I think I said he would go tw- before the twenty fifth pick. He just went thirteenth to Florida. Florida. That's I literally, I literally was just, I was watching this and I was like, um, so <laughs> who was the last goalie that went thirteenth in a first round draft pick? Like that's Mark Andre Fleury went first in 03, and that's okay. the last one I can think of that like really went high in a draft. The last time I made a goalie going first overall itself is, but yeah, that's okay. Interesting. Gotcha. Interesting. All right. So, and, the and Stars he, picked a goalie at 26 okay. in 2017 with okay. the pick that they acquired from Chicago for the Yuppie Hart thing. Mm. Okay. So, any any other loose thoughts uh, on Kirby Doc to get to? Any other thoughts or opinions? I don't want to make sure we've. Uh, I think we've got all the things out that we wanted to say. Well, the pun, the pun is just great. What's up, Doc? What's up, Doc? <laughs> That's just I great. Did. I but did. he also has the Kirby part of it, like Kirby from, like, the games. Mario! If yeah. the Blackhawks, yeah, like, if the Blackhawks don't use the, Kirby memes for this kid, I'm going to be upset. I'm going very, to need to talk. It's it's a very gifable name. Is there a yeah. Kirby-like so, so theme song? So for, for the Blackhawks social media team, this is a great pick. Slam dunk. Yeah. Like, is slam there, dunk. Super slam dunk. Is there like a Kirby like theme song? Like, you know, like some of the players on Mario have their own theme song. Does Kirby have yeah. one? Yeah. Like, Can they play it every like, time he scores? Like, I feel like there was a oh my God, please. cartoon. Alright, well, well uh, Shaylin, you're, you've been appointed. You're in charge of finding that. Okay, okay. <laughs> so you could say that you could yes. say that Kirby sucks up a pass. Uh, mm. See? Brandon. See the, See what happened when you start, Shailen? This is what happened. <laughs> I'm sorry. I've done this. This is my fault. So, um, now spitting off this with the Kirby Doc pick, now you look at the Blackhawks center depth chart. Um, it, it gets a little crowded all of a sudden. Now you have Taves, you have Dylan Strom, you have Artem Anisimov, you have David Kampf, and now you add Kirby Doc to that puzzle. That's five centers. So, if we assume that Kirby Doc is going to be on the Blackhawks this year, or excuse me, next season, which isn't a guarantee, does that mean... I mean, someone's got to go, right? I... What I've seen as possibilities is more more so like I like Camp and I think Camp has been developing really well and I think he's a good fourth line third line guy. Absolutely. But but Anisimov like I, as much as I've appreciated Anisimov's play the last couple seasons for the Blackhawks his role has been filled essentially like we've found players that can better fill that role so I think it's time to move on from him. Um because like I said like Camp is a really good fourth line guy. Um and then Doc could slot in and three, and if we have Taze and Strom one and two, I think that's a pretty good, pretty good down the middle there. Megan, Brandon, any other thoughts on this? I don't think so. I think um, I'm excited. Like I said, I really like wasn't sure who the Blackhawks were going to pick. I kind of had an idea of like generally speaking who they were looking at. Right. So I'm excited. I'm. I think. I'm probably a little bit more excited that they didn't pick a defenseman, and I feel like people are going to attack me for saying that. But, like, okay. we just have such a logjam of defensemen, and I get mm-hmm. that Bowen Byram's, like, supposed to be, like, a Duncan Keith-type, like, number one guy, but I don't know. I'm I'm pretty excited just to see how this one pans out. 
Yeah, I, I agree. Like after the initial, like I think after about six o'clock today, when all those tweets started blowing up about the Hawks being interested in Doc from Elliot Freeman, I pretty much decided that was going to be the guy and started doing some more reading about him. And so like I've got, I've got progressively more excited about this pick once I realized it was going to happen. And I mean, like like you said, Megan, like it's the number three pick. They're going to have somebody good. He's got yeah. talent. You don't just, you know, you don't become a number three pick without any reason. Um, it is. Again, I, as as if you listen to our podcast on Thursday, I had my heart set on Bowen Byram, so there is some disappointment there because um, I would have loved having a defenseman that cuts to the front of the line. The other thing is now he goes to Colorado, so that means Colorado can roll out maybe for the next decade Byram, Kale McCarr, Gabe Landis-Cog, Nathan McKinnon, and Miko Rantanen. That's terrifying. That's, That's in the terrifying. Hawks division. So, they still have their pick at 16, too. Mm-hmm. And they, and, yeah, and they, I don't like that. <laughs> and we'll see still. I think Cole Caulfield's still on the board. He is. He is. He they is. keep cutting to him on the... Yeah, there he is. <laughs> yeah, they keep cutting uh, to him, and he, he's progressively getting more pissed off as each pick comes in. Like, his face gonna, just gets more angry. So he's getting the Aaron Rodgers treatment at the, the yeah. draft sure. Okay. Um, yeah. Yeah, so... So so going forward for the rest of the weekend, uh, Ed, I imagine there's got to be more trades, right? Yes. I, I, I don't think there's been any trades at all tonight in terms of player swaps. I know there was one that might have ad- adjusted some positions. Have, have I mi- we missed any trades as we've been on the air? Mm-mm. Not that I've seen. So, no. uh, okay. And then, Brandon, I believe you might have been looking into some second-round options for the Hawks on Saturday. Anybody in particular – or not just second round, but just day two options. Anybody in particular you were looking at? Um, Ryan Johnson is a not that Ryan Johnson. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> um, he's a left-handed defenseman. Uh, he played for Sioux Falls in the USHL, and I had seen like highlights in that of him. But then when they played in the Clark Cup final against the Chicago Steel. I was like, well, this kid is the real deal. Um, they basically, their defensive tactics was just to shut down the top line, which obviously makes sense, but that was the highest scoring line in the league with uh, the league's top scorer and then another guy who's supposed to go um, by the second round in Robert Mastrioni. So for them to just kind of like squish that him play top line minutes that was pretty impressive to see um and then i don't know if alex vlasic is going to fall to the second round but that would be an interesting defenseman option um and i think a name that's been tossed around a lot is uh jameson reese from um the sarnia sting very like heavy checking um kind of third line center or right-wing material that the Blackhawks could go for if he's available. Well, I mean, you did call the uh, the Kirby Doc pick on in the Thursday podcast, so I guess we'll have to see what happens <laughs> on Saturday. Um, and as everyone it was expecting to happen, Jack Hughes went number one and Capo Caco went number two. Um, any surpri- No one's surprised by that, right? Like that was what everyone was expecting? No, I was not surprised. <laughs> I was okay. very excited. I had the whole house like 
I had the whole house on lockdown. I was like, nobody talks the next two minutes while the, <laughs> while the devils are on the board. The volume on the TV is up to like 80. No one's talking. And until this pick is over, I, I like I had so much. I wasn't nervous until like I started. I turned on the draft and I was like, oh, I'm a little nervous because after World Junior and the, the performance that Kako had at World Junior with Finland, people were kind of saying, oh, well, Kako could go number one now. Like, after this performance, he really could have boosted his uh, his value there. And so, I mean, I, I think everyone knew that it was going to be Hughes. His play is just dynamic, and it's it's it's, it's incredible to watch. Even from when he was a young age, everyone knows that goal. Uh, when he was 16 years old, he danced around three guys and, and scored top, top shelf, falling on his knees. So... You knew the talent was there, but I was a little, I was a little nervous. But after that, and then after that, I was like, okay, we know who one and two is. And then, you know, in my mind, I'm like, you can relax at three. No, you can't because it's the Blackhawks. <laughs> and, and then that's where everything really starts. So there's no surprise well, yeah. there. Yeah. I mean, the, the easiest job of the draft was number two because you knew Jack Hughes was going. Well, you assumed Jack Hughes was going number one. And then after Jack Hughes, you just pick the other, either Hughes or Kako goes number one, mm-hmm. and then you just pick the other guy, and that's it. Yes. Like that was that was the easiest pick of the draft. That front office probably didn't do anything. They've probably been on the beach or on the golf course for the last month. Like Jeff Gorton was like, okay, guys, we're, we're fine. We know our pick. We're not going to be doing anything until the draft. So. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. I think there should be like a time penalty. Like, what if you, you have number one, just like run up there. Like, get it done. <laughs> If you don't get it done within a minute, then you lose the pick. Like, well, the you, most, you the most, the like, the most frustrating, like, part for me watching it as a fan was that he came up there, Ray Shiro, and he's like, "Hello, Vancouver. Thank you to this person and that person and this and the other thing." And I'm like, "Just make the pick, bud. Make the pick." Like, yeah, I saw, I saw somebody at the, uh, someone in tweeted at the start of the draft that they should just have Batman go up and. On behalf of all the NHL teams, we thank Vancouver for their hospitality. Yes. So all 30 GMs don't have to do that. Yep. And and the, the Hawks didn't congratulate the Blues on winning the Stanley Cup, which is kind of funny. I, I enjoyed that. Oh, yeah. Neither did the Rangers. So Neither did the Rangers. Also a good point. Um, I enjoy Gary Bettman fully embracing the heel role. He knows everybody's going to boo him. So now he's like, the the walking back and bringing the Sedins out was a great move. Yes. I enjoyed that. Um. Any other any other draft thoughts outside of uh, everything we discussed with the Blackhawks? Anything else you saw tonight? What the hell did Detroit do? <laughs> yes, can we talk about that? Actually, <laughs> yeah, the, the look on the face of the kid they drafted—I got to find his name again because I, I it was something German and something. It's that um, different. I have it written down. It's Moritz Cider. Mo- Cedar? Cider. Cider. Moritz Cider. I think I had a Moritz Cider at the bar last night. It was pretty tasty. <laughs> I mean, but, yeah. It- <laughs> he's 6'4", 6'4", 200 pounds. He, if any of you are subscribed to The Athletic, they have like a running, right now they have like a, like a live um, draft like post about all the players that are going to each team and like a little snippet about all of them, but he played in Germany, but he's a, he's a big dude, but his face was just, ooh, <laughs> me? <laughs> yeah, yeah, he did not look like he was expecting <laughs> That's my name. to go his, the wrong. Yeah, his agent told him to get... Yeah, his agent told him to get comfy in the seats. He wasn't going until about 15 or 20, and then he went at number six. <laughs> right. It would have been great if he was, like, back in the bathroom or getting a hot dog in the concession stand when he got picked. <laughs> that would have been the best part of the night. Uh, so, yeah, the look is – although, I mean, it, the like Detroit obviously needed more defensemen. They had the Dennis Tulowski debuted for them this year, but they definitely need more help 
on the blue line. Well, they need help in a lot of places, but that's another story. <laughs> Everywhere. <laughs> I'm not sad about it. Yeah, I'm not upset about it either. Mm-mm. I'm 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 only upset about the the small army of talent the Colorado Avalanche are building up, and kind of they're doing the number fifteen pick for Montreal right now. It's, someone's giving a someone's giving a really long speech. It's Shea Weber. This is Shea Weber. Okay, now it's Shea Weber. My TV's <laughs> that was my TV's Mark Scherz, behind Bergerman. you. Oh, Bergerman. yeah, yeah. Did they say Cole Caulfield? Yeah, they they're sure did. Cole Caulfield. A. Yes. Okay. All right. Yeah. Well. At least it didn't go to Colorado then. That makes things a little Ooh, bit better. Imagine Cole Caulfield and Kale McCarr. Are they going to put him on a step stool so he's next to Shea Weber in the photo? Oh, Dave. <laughs> what? He's That'd like, be delightful. <laughs> Here, buddy, here's a stool for you. Oh, uh, my gosh. That kid uh, would probably pick it up and just chuck it at him. Just be like, listen, buddy, you didn't pick me for my height. Oh, man. Yeah. But only... Only 14 teams passed on them, right? Hey. 14, 14, hey. 15, so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There were 29 teams that passed on Alex Dabrinkit. Oh, yeah. Yeah, how, how that, I, I saw several people make jokes about Cole Caulfield slipping to the second round so the Blackhawks would get him. I think that was going to happen, but it was, uh, it was pretty interesting. Um, well, I think we're uh, just about reaching the end of this here special edition of the Second City Hockey Podcast. Any other thoughts, ladies and gentlemen? I miss hockey. Home opener for the Blackhawks is October 10th. Mark your calendars. Against the San Jose Sharks, so Joe yep. Pavelski will get to play against his former team when the Hawks sign him. Oh, It'll Dave. be the first time the Sharks will be back at the UC since Crawford had his concussion. And fun fact, that was the game Megan was in town for in Chicago, and that's the game we went to, and I was like, I'm going to be a good friend, and I'm going to get an early Christmas present and upgrade our seats to eighth row behind the net where Corey Crawford was playing. So okay. we were we were a couple hundred feet from watching Corey Crawford but, smash his head into the pole. <laughs> but the most important part of that is that I got a puck from Patrick Kane. I don't care what happened the rest of that game. That was that was tough. I was like, literally the whole basis of me, of me making my, of me making my, my those upgrading those seats was Megan loves Corey Crawford, so we're going to be as close to Corey Crawford as we can. That All right, now, now, here's, now let's put you on the spot, Shaylin. Which one was better? Why are they doing a Cole Caulfield and Lionel Messi? I was just thinking about that too. <laughs> <laughs> what on earth? Apples and oranges, people. Okay, interesting. Anyway, uh, Shaylin, put you on the spot. Why are they making which game? Why are they making a, a Mark Messi comparison in Vancouver of all places? That's not good. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, well, but yeah, Shailen, which game was more fun? Yeah. The game, the game in Detroit against Detroit, or the game against San Jose? Well, the game against Detroit was certainly more fun because we, you know, won. The black that game against the San Jose Sharks, like it was fun because I was there with Megan. But we just got eaten alive. I mean, they it played like Baby Shark, and I thrived. It was uh-huh. real bad. You know oh, that was that. Yeah, yeah. But, but, but the first like. 15 minutes of that game was really fun because the Blackhawks, like, Debrinket scored, and then, like, literally, like, less than a minute later, I think somebody else scored, and it was like, boom, bam, we heard Chelsea Dagger twice. It was amazing. I had the best time. I don't know what you're talking about. I know. Megan is like, even though we were walking out, she's like, even though we just got, like, murdered in that game, that was really fun. And I was like, I'm <laughs> glad you think so. I'm a little pissed off. <laughs> well, you get to do that all the time. I don't get yeah. to do that. I have, I have the lovely Hurricanes. Which, hey, they were plenty of fun this year, and take care of my they boy were, This year, they were particularly fun. Can't say they were fun years before, but they're fun now, so I'll take it. Gotcha. 
All right. Well, I think that's going to do it for this special edition of the Second City Hockey Podcast. Thank you so much to the Puck and Red Chicago ladies, Shaylen Brady and Megan Simmons. Check them out every Monday on the podcast. And then myself and Brandon will find Brad Replinger. He's probably buried it behind a beefaroo somewhere. We'll dig him out of the trash bin and get him back for our podcast every Wednesday. We've got a lot more coming up in the next few weeks with uh, the free agency signing. There's going to be a flurry of trades, we assume, at some point. And then who knows what's going to happen after that. So uh, stay tuned for more podcasts. Thanks for listening to this, and we'll talk to you next time. Bye.